Hey girls, it's the Magpie from here in wonderful Chicago. Just calling to wish you guys a happy Christmas, happy New Year, happy Hanukkah, happy Eid, happy Kwanzaa, happy whatever holiday you guys want to have. And I sincerely hope everyone in the listening audience right now is hammered and is having a good time and is having a great holiday and all that kind of wonderful stuff. All right, peace out later. This is Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. Brought to you by AdamandEve.com. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. One of your hosts, D. Simon. Lance Wackerly. It's the holiday show, people. Sick and Wrong's annual holiday show spectacular. We have special guests. We have phone calls, the tragic Christmas stories. People are going to win magnificent dildos. Um, I've, you know, I've been hyping this uh, competition like on Facebook and on Twitter. Yeah, I saw that. You made a whole like one post. Yeah. Oh, Twitter even. Yeah, one post on Twitter. Mm. I should have done it a little bit more. <laughs> but uh, we did get a few phone calls. Some of them just sucked and aren't even worthy. But I think we, we, we picked the best ones, and uh, we're going to pick... The winner of our um, of the, uh, the the total ecstasy triple penetrator dildo there and what there's another the other one is uh, yeah the it's butterfly. Like a butterfly I know that, you know I posted that you you strap picture, it onto your girlfriend the picture you of you with the thought bubbles thinking about the dildos right do you like that oh little, I loved it a little bit of art that a lot I did. of people loved it yeah it was very popular well, I wanted to get people in the holiday spirit and you could tell that's what Wackley usually uh, thinks about that during photo the was taken two years ago on New Year's Eve yeah. That's why I have the New so, Year's Eve hat on. But yes, we have special guests. We've been looking forward to the show for quite a while. Um, I want to welcome uh, Sleazy E in the studio. What's up, Sleazy? Happy holidays, geezers and geezettes. Not a holiday show unless we have our own sick and wrong limey in the studio, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, and, and Ex-limey. It's, it's, it's a holiday show. It's not a Christmas show, right? You know how they call uh, U.S. citizens? The holiday Brit. <laughs> you know how they call U.S. citizens that go over to like France or something, expats? Would he be yeah. just ex-limey? Septic. That's oh, what I heard. He's just septic? No, no for septic the Yanks. Yank is, septic tank is yank. Oh. In, in rhyming slang. So what's a septic uh, limey that leaves England? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. We have to figure one out. Yeah. All right. We'll have to work on that. Well, uh, By Sleazy, the next show, we'll have a moniker. Uh, Sleazy, it's good to have you here, though, for the Sick and Wrong annual holiday show. So, Wackerly, I was wondering one thing. How come you don't look all that festive today? There's no holiday sweater. There's no reindeer antlers. I'm dressed nicely. No, I mean you're you're dressed nicely for like you know an office picture or something. You're probably are you wearing the same outfit that you did for your office picture? My office picture. <laughs> Remember you you took those like oh on the bridge. Uh, it's a different blue shirt. No, is it those glamour shots for your I office? I have lots of blue shirts. Yes. But yeah, this I, is not the one. No, I, I was just thinking that uh, you, you could have you know mm. at least um, my, humored us here by by putting on some holiday fashion. My office, like everybody else's, we did most of the holiday stuff last week, so this is kind of just 
you know, coming in hot to the holidays. It's right. Just kind of fits in. right in the middle there. Well, yeah. at least we have our eggnog. Uh, quick toast to the holidays here. Yuletide oh, glee. Don't, dip, don't spill it on the console here. Yeah. Got this nog. I think I went a little crazy there Not with the uh, the rum. Yeah, mine's all brown on the top. It's no longer nog colored. It's because I took yours in the bathroom. Mm. On special D. Simon spray nog. Some nog. <laughs> Actually, I call it log. Oh. It's good though. It's yeah. really good. It it's a little good. chunky. So, uh, Wanker, uh, you must be getting sick of me. That's like three days in a row of me this week. This is it a bit of like a D. More. Simon overload. It feels like more. It feels, yeah, totally. I mean, God. I, I, my, my D. Simon threshold, and that's just me personally, is usually like <laughs> one day. I know. Of yourself? He's it's had ridiculous. three days in a row. Uh, On Monday, Monday, we had to do this like holiday dinner with friends. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, I... had to. It was fun. No, it was a good time, actually. Uh, Captain Carl organized a holiday uh, <laughs> yeah, dinner. Captain Carl. A holiday soiree. It was good. And Mrs. Carl. Yeah, no, it was fun. <laughs> wow. Yeah, and uh, Mrs. Captain Carl was nice. Right. Actually, there were there were two other couples besides the Carls, and then there was you and me. Yeah, <laughs> I know. There was uh, Lance was you my date to that. You didn't even give me a hand job you under your, the table. Did you get your picture taken together? That's like because you, you were disrespecting me all night. <laughs> I was disrespecting <laughs> all those you. He was disrespecting me all you night. You should make more money and buy me better presents. <laughs> He's always like, "You got to give me a Cadillac." Like, I ain't getting you a Cadillac, bitch. You can get a pony. Who you calling a bitch? <laughs> And then last night it was uh, my brother's birthday. Oh, this was a this was a very special birthday for it Jeffrey. Was, yeah, it was Joffrey's. Uh, we went all out. Thirty ninth birthday. You know, last time we just 39. got him like a pillow. Last year I got him a Twilight pillow. Right. With um, the Twilight, the Patrick Swayze vampire, or whatever his name is. Mm-hmm. Um, but this year went all out. Totally surprised my brother. This was I, I ran it by my sister. My sister thought this idea was was incredible. It was going to surprise my brother. She was and, drunk at the time. And both memories of my brother's youth. Because this was one of my brother's favorite bands back when he was in you know high school. His developmental years. And uh, yeah, I bought him surprise my tickets to Billy Idol, who was performing at the Fillmore last night. To second, a sold out show. Second of two sold out shows. It was and, quite uh, something. Yeah, I mean, it was like, and those tickets weren't cheap. Those were like $63 a piece. With the service charge. No, with the service charge, they were 74 that's I went ridiculous. to the box office. I think I owe you three dollars then, because I only gave you sixty bucks. Yeah, you better uh, cash up. You know, maybe after the show. I brought the nog tonight, so that'll <laughs> even me up. So anyway, I had this whole plan that we were going to surprise Jeffrey with uh, with Billy Idol tickets, and the reason Billy Idol is so meaningful to him is I feel Billy Idol like much more like marijuana is the gateway drug for a lot of people to move into other drugs and mm-hmm. further drug use. Billy Idol is Jeff's gateway into butt sex. I think Jeff realized he was a homosexual at a Billy Idol concert. Why do you say that? Is because, there a story? Mm-hmm. Yes. And I'm, I'm just going to gloss over it because it's not really all that entertaining. <laughs> it's it is kind of. It is kind of entertaining. When we were coming to this country, this is back in like 1989, uh-huh. we stopped off in London. And uh, as usual, Jeff- I always like your family Im- immigrant stories of you coming through Ellis Island, and, <laughs> and you're like Yakov Smirnov. What the country? Yeah. <laughs> they, they forced us to change our names. Yeah, yeah, yeah to Simon. Yeah. It used to be Simon Bergstein Farber. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, they had a short. Sounds name. like a pencil. And you guys all had like like scarves around your head because that's what you wore in the old country. And no, and no Even pants. my pubic hair yeah. had curls that hung down to my <laughs> knees. <laughs> And a little hat on top. But go on. But anyway, we, uh, we stopped off in London. As usual, my brother did not like to hang out with the family. And mm-hmm. uh, he went his separate ways with his London Londoner friends. And uh, the rabbi, my mother, and my sister, and I all went to, uh, I think we went to, 
was Nottingham and uh, Warwick Castle and just all the the English sightseeing. Keep it coming. My brother, on the other hand, he just went off with his friends, did drugs, and went and saw Billy Idol. But the reason this Billy Idol show was special to him is because someone ripped off Billy Idol's leather pants, and Billy Idol performed the rest of the show, at least three or four songs, with his cock hanging out. Complete bare bollocks. Bare bollocks, just hanging out. And my brother Was said... He sh- so he shirt-cocked the whole, whole show. He shirt-cocked the rest of the show because someone ripped his pants off. But Incredible. I mean, that's great because usually, you know, most performers, like if, if you ripped off Celine Dion's skirt, she would be pissed. She probably wouldn't perform. The, yeah. the show would be done. I yeah. would leave the show also. <laughs> <laughs> Scarf Bearded for life. Clam. But no, <clears throat> Billy Idol is like, he's so punk rock. Fucking Billy Idol. That he performed the rest of the show. So he's punk cock? Yeah. He's punk cock. But for my brother, it was a special moment. It was like, you remember uh, in Wayne's World when Dreamweaver would play and Garth would see that hot chick walking by? Yeah. It was like that for Jeff. But it was, it's raining men instead. We're not worthy. So that's what he said? Or actually, he was just cock without a face. (laughs) Is what he was looking at. But anyway, Put that I cock thought... up in my face. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but anyway, I thought Jeff would be hysterical. I thought he'd be ecstatic. I thought he'd be like, oh my God, Billy Idol, I get to see his cock again, hopefully. And, you know, I thought he'd be excited. We give this ticket to Jeff in his card. We give him a birthday card. He opens up the card. And he's like, what's this? Billy Idol? Is that tonight? No, first of all, he said, is this real? Yeah, is this real? <laughs> he thought you'd Xerox copied a ticket. <laughs> oh, no, that shit ain't real. Sorry, like, you get nothing. We're like, no, we're great. Yeah, <laughs> you get a piece of paper. I wish I would have thought about that. It. We should have done that. Yeah. But no, he, he looked at it and he was like, is that tonight? Do we have to go? Yeah, he turned to me and he's like, are you going too? I was like, yeah, man, we're going to rock and roll. He's like, really? He was so <laughs> nonplussed. He was just kind of like, all right, I guess. Well, <laughs> I have this... Uh, this crazy metal marijuana pipe that he had in his pocket. He's like, are they going to let me bring this in? Which he calls a, a vaporizer, vaporizer, but it doesn't look like any vaporizer. It looked like a metal butt plug. Yeah. Yeah, it was weird. It was like tapered on the end, but I guess, I don't know, he says it's a vaporizer. So he was like, I got to drop this off in my house first. He just seemed like just really just, I don't know, not very enthused. So we accommodated Even- his need to go take his pipe home so it didn't get taken away from him. And then by the time we made it to the show, Billy had already started. I, I think, think he we, maybe had done one song. I think we might have missed Dancing With Myself. Do you think so? It's the only song I wanted to hear. I think you might be right. Was he? But Billy Idol, uh, despite kind of looking like Hugh Hefner with spiky blonde hair, he, played, he was pretty good. He was in good shape. What are you talking about, Hugh Hefner? He's just an old man. He's not as old as... Hugh Hefner's like 100 years old. But if you put a spiky wig on Hugh Hefner... <laughs> you think and so? Microphone, I, rock think out? Would, I think they'd rock out. I think they'd look very similar. All right. Steve Stevens. You see Steve Stevens' wife? Yes, I did. I wondered, I kept looking back there behind the stacks, as they call them. Like, who's that hot 21-year-old with big fake tits? She was stacked. They're massive, massive titties. Best money can buy. You could. They could be buoys. You could could float (laughs) on them in the the San Francisco Bay if your boat went down. They could be biodomes. Yeah. But it was a good show. A lot of uh, guitar soloing. I liked the guitar soloing. Yeah, some people thought that it. some people thought that the guitar soloing was anachronistic, but that's why I liked it. Like I just thought it was anymore. excessive. I mean, I can understand it was like super a technical guitar solo, but it wasn't a six-minute, here's, here's eight-minute guitar explain solo. To people. It wasn't like a fish or a Grateful Dead guitar solo, like jamming style. Like it was like very super technical fast, guitar. Yeah. Like fast or like Spanish guitar. Well, mixed in with other shit though. He would like Misty Mountain it was kind of a medley. 
Wackily was just staring at him, like, just smiling at me, like, carry on, my wayward son. (laughs) I wish that was me. (laughs) It reminded me of uh, the metal of my youth. The recklessness of youth. Not even metal, like hard rock. Remember when hard rock was popular? I did did like the way Billy Idol at the end of the show introduced himself. Well, after everybody else. Well, he introduced the keyboard player, the bassist, the drummer, and Steve Stevens, and all of a sudden he's like, and I'm Billy fucking Idol. Right, louder than he introduced anybody else. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone's cheering. <laughs> and then we all left. Although you got to admit, that show must have done wonders for my brother's self-esteem because everyone there was older than he was, except for us. Most people. Most of it, it was just a lot of middle-aged people. Yeah, but how did they look? Bad. <laughs> they just looked really old, except for that row of sluts that were in the balcony. Some of them were younger. I think they'd been shipped in by the hot chick patrol. I almost, you know, I was planning on calling my brother tonight and being like, dude, why are you such an ingrate? We took you to the show. I was going to call him out on it. He said thanks probably when we left. Did he, he even, I do not thing. remember a thank you. He, at the beginning, he even looked kind of excited. Like, I mean, in spite of himself, he seemed like he was getting into it. But I just think your brother has a hard time paying attention to anything for that long. And we had to stand. We had to I, stand. I know. He, he does not like standing. Yeah, he wanted to sit at one point, but like all the seats are for reservation only. He kept saying, I have to rest my cankles. <laughs> I was just like, dude, you're gonna, your cankles are just going to have to suffer through this Billy Idol show. It wasn't that long of a show. It was like an hour and a half tops yeah it wasn't too bad i don't know i i saw him mouthing the words to rebel yell yeah i, for, for I, saw, I saw him shaking his behind a couple He's on only a couple 55 songs. come yeah. on guys well time to move on though to uh a, an issue that i feel that has gone unaddressed from last week's show is uh what's the real re- reason sleazy e that you're a holiday party absentee last week your absence was duly noted by a lot of people at the show, or at the uh, the holiday party on the boat. The boat. The boat. The boat outing. The boat was like, where's Susie? I mean, come on, man. It's like freezing cold, rain, storm, and it's on a fucking boat, and you're stuck there for four hours with people you don't like. Well, yeah, it like, sucked. Like- it sucked, <laughs> but I needed a brother in arms. It was lame. Although, actually, it was kind of cool, because a couple of our coworkers were there, and we just sort of hung out and made fun of everybody. Yeah. Which was fine. I heard all the Indian people missed you a lot. <laughs> Half our office is Indian. Yeah, I know. I've seen the pictures of, from the... And they're the all thing. Indian people. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think they, they're the only ones that can afford a camera, so... Mm. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, you, I think you kind of missed out. It was funny because Sleazy was like, so how's the bloat party? And uh, I wrote back to him. I was like, "Bloke party." I was just like, "Oh, the CEO was giving out a hundred dollar Best Buy gift cards. There's belly dancers, hand jobs in the back." You're like, "Really? It's the high seas, mate." (laughs) Dude, uh, I couldn't have missed Killing Joke, dude. That was that was the ultimate thing, dude. Yeah, but you missed out on a white fucking elephant gift exchange. Uh, Okay. I got Master and Commander, Russell Crowe movie. (laughs) I got to see Jazz Coleman smack himself. In the penis with his microphone multiple times. That's enough. On and purpose? Did, and did you score from the from the? Did you uh, score with a little possibly? lady? Half his age. Possibly. Too. <laughs> Spill the beans. <laughs> no, I think it was worth it. If he had gone to the holiday party, he would have missed the show and not scored with this young chick. <laughs> Is that this year's Christmas miracle? It was. That was the a Christmas trumpet, miracle. And you didn't have to pay for her. Uh, not like, not oh, like normal. No, oh. not like normal. No. <laughs> well, I bought a few drinks and taxi cab rides, but that was it. That's not bad. That's Incredible. not bad. Kudos. You know, I'll clink, Cheers clink that. here. Cheers. That's a, it's a Christmas miracle. It's a Christmas miracle. Sleazy so got some ass. <laughs> At a killing joke show. I know. There was hardly any girls there. Like you were saying about uh, Billy Idol, it was like half the people there were, were you know, of, of age, you would say, I guess. But, um, and it was really annoying because, like, they wouldn't, uh, nobody wanted to dance. So I had to start the pit. 
So I started the pit. There was a pit at Achilles Joke. I started the motherfucking thing. <laughs> it's like a golf dance where everyone just kind of like moves no, around dude, really slowly. It was a serious pit, and I threw some girls in there too. So it was pretty. It was off. It was off. It's gone off. It's good. Oh, that's kind of nice. Yeah. Did you punch her in so, the face? Yeah, a couple times. <laughs> Is that how you got that one concussion? <laughs> I dragged it home by my by her hair. Don't don't go to sleep. Don't go to sleep. You're gonna have to blow me. Yeah, I was <laughs> Stay kinda, awake. So I was. Kinda, by the time the uh, the boat docked, I was already uh, I already missed the uh, Killing Joke show. Right. Plus, you had to come home and watch and Master and Commander. And I was rushing home to watch. Well, I had to go pick up some petroleum jelly first, and then come home because you can't watch you can't watch Master and Commander without tissues. a tub of Vaseline. Yeah. That's for sure. So this is the holiday party, you know, episode two fifty eight annual holiday show here, a sick and wrong. And uh, do you know this year in particular, I think I've been I've had more holiday spirit than any year in my life. Why is that? I actually decorated, but purchased, went out and bought I didn't buy it myself, but I went out while my girlfriend bought a Christmas tree, took it back and helped her decorate a Christmas tree. Really? Never done that my entire 35 years of life. Never. Not even once. Cuz you've lived with Christian girls before. These You never yeah, had to no. do it at the office or anything like that? Classroom. I've never even hung a little one of those little popcorn strings or the balls or whatever on the tree. That's what it's the called. Ornaments. Ball the baubles. The bric-a-brac. The, 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 yeah, the, the heathen bric-a-brac. <laughs> the, the goyasha bric-a-brac. I don't, so I don't you usually never, do that. You never do it in a menorah or anything, but yeah. you just went straight well, for the Christmas tree? That's not you know, a menorah. <laughs> there's only five can- six candles. I actually have regret about not doing that for Girlfriend's Pass. Because I always used to... I mean, I, I think it was kind of a selfish thing to do. Like, my favorite Christmases was when, when I was with my ex-girlfriend, when she would go back home to her family. And I was invited, but I wouldn't go because I was like, I hate Christmas. Jews don't celebrate Christmas. You know, we don't, I don't want to be around this kind of Christian heathen symbolism. Right. And then I would just sit at home and play Resident Evil one, I think, for the, uh, yeah, the PlayStation. Yeah, I did that one Christmas, Christmas too. Just smoking a bag of weed. It was it was probably one of the best Christmas. Actually, no, that Christmas was great, but then the following year when I played Metal Gear Solid, that was a really good Christmas. <laughs> wow, that game was gay. <laughs> I don't know. I had a lot of speed. It made it cool. Speed? <laughs> I didn't try it with speed. It might be better. I played it really quickly, actually. <laughs> I was done only in a few hours. But There's a lot of cut scenes is the problem yeah, with that game. Yeah, no, so that's annoying. On speed, you would be like, and you come can on, skip through them, though. Okay, you can skip okay. through so I remember skipping through it, but the, the action was fun. But Resident Evil, it. though, was yeah, that's a good. Well, I, I remember watching that in the dark with a, on a big screen TV with like surround sound, and like when the you know the zombies coming up behind you, you know, Master and Commander. Or... <laughs> <laughs> then you can't go to I bed that in the dark. Yeah. <laughs> but no, what I'm saying is, I mean, it was selfish of me to completely disregard my girlfriend's convictions about a holiday that meant so a lot, you're learning a your lot lesson to her. With your yeah, girlfriend. I feel like, you know, I was, self, I was a selfish Jew. Mm-hmm. And so this year, I was like, you know, I'm going to make it a point. She, my girlfriend appreciates Christmas and getting the Goyesha activities that people do around this time. I was like, I will make an exception to do it. And the weird, the weird thing about it is, is I went, we went to some Christmas tree farm in Los Angeles. Right. It's not really I, a farm. It's a stand. It's a stand. They're not growing out of the parking lot. Right? We did go hike through the mountains you like in cut Christmas family vacation. It was now. nailed to a couple of bars. We just paid in some like uh, <clears throat> Greek-looking fellow cut it down for us. Really? A Greek it. guy, not a Mexican? Yeah, maybe it's Mexican. It they all look the same to me. <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, we went over there and just... Uh, and those, those trees are expensive, too. I was like, yeah, $80 for something yeah. that's going to die. Oh, in, like, you must have got a big one. 
Uh, yeah, she got a big tree. Well, I thought they were usually like 50 or 60. Now, this one's 80 bucks. Oh. Yeah, but then where did she, she get the decorations from? She had them. Like, they were like, given to her by her like grandmother and stuff. Oh, oh, oh Jesus. Vintage. Ones. Yeah. And, and she, I mean, it, I think it meant a lot for her that, to be there. But to me, it just felt really weird and uncomfortable. I felt like I was betraying my heritage. Like, do you remember that part in Lion King? When Simba would look up in the sky and he'd see no. his dead father oh, yeah. in the clouds seen talking to him. I felt, if, I felt it was similar, even though it was night. I could see my dad's face being like, David, I'm very, very disappointed in you. <laughs> and I was just like, I'm sorry, Dad. I need pussy. <laughs> if I don't have pussy, I'm going to be an unhappy camper. So, yeah, I think it uh, meant a lot to her for me to go get that tree and then to put its stuff on. But what was weird about Christmas it... Christmas miracle. It was a Christmas miracle for this Jew with a... My my black tar heart melted, and uh, really, yeah. you're coming around. I, I think I am. Cheers, Christmas miracle. My sister though won't stop giving me grief about it. She feels like I've. Well, uh, she still is has a black tar heart. She feels I betrayed my race. I think it might be made She's of diarrhea. She's kicked me out of the club. <laughs> diarrhea heart. I think she probably does. But yeah, I think uh, my maybe cat power I think song. that might be the theme of the show. Is Pretend redemption. to embrace <laughs> redemption. Pretend to embrace um, your girlfriend's significant other's Christmas family tradition, so you can get some ass later in the night. Yeah, it doesn't. Anytime, that's a good good yeah. idea. I, I think just it's a good don't idea. don't be so rejectionist. Yeah, you you really shouldn't. Don't be, be a be rejectionist. Open-minded. Don't be open minded about it. <laughs> well, so, you already got laid for Christmas. So shut the fuck up. <laughs> some of us are still working on it. Okay. <laughs> So uh, part of the uh, Sick and Wrong annual holiday show spectaculars, we do tend to have uh, guests on the show. And the special guest that we're going to have here for uh, this week's show is a famous comic book artist. Yeah. Um, what, I mean, this we is really kind of, went this all is, out for this one. This normally, like we have these dumbass, normally we have dumbass guests that like designed a board game or, or, or an exorcist uh, to, <laughs> in a mission. Or or scam poor immigrants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But this time it's good. Yeah. Actually, you know, I feel this is kind of like my gift to you, actually, because isn't this guy one of your icons? Yeah, definitely. And he's got a relevant um, piece of work to talk about, even to the show. Yeah, no, it, it, it's somebody. The reason I for, you know, the reason uh, I, I wanted to interview him is that a couple months ago, I'd forgotten about his work. I had seen this book uh, that he wrote about Jeffrey Dahmer called My Friend Dahmer. Right. Uh, he had actually went to high school. Well, it's not really a book yet. It's a comic book, yeah. but yeah, it's about uh, 25 pages or something. But he had written this comic book about being friends with Dahmer. He's a classmate to Dahmer back in uh, in uh, Ohio. It's, Dahmer committed his crimes in Wisconsin, but in he the, grew I think up in, in 70s, Ohio. And it was in the yeah. 70s. But I guess he must have... Mm. Yeah, no, I right. mean, he moved to Ohio yeah, after... Right, right. Or moved to Wisconsin, where I think he committed the rest of his crimes. I think he started killing people in Ohio, though. Mm. We'll see. Probably shortly after high school. We'll have to find out about it. But anyway, I had forgotten about this guy, and I read an article recently that he was excused from jury duty because he was a classmate of Jeffrey Dahmer. Oh, is that how he got this connection? I remember seeing that article also. Yeah, and I remember uh, seeing this and being like, oh my God, I forgot. And that we we got to interview this guy for Sick and Wrong. And I was going to surprise you with it, <laughs> but uh, I ended up... Um, and that was recently? He got, he got... Yeah, it was like in November, I think. Oh, yeah. wow. And yeah. that, made, that made big news. It was yeah, in it Gawker. Was, it was in Gawker. Oh, yeah. wow. Uh, actually, I think I saw it in a couple of different uh, news websites. Right. But anyway, uh, he, he's not only written that book. I mean, he's written a, uh, a weekly comic strip called The City, which is uh, running in all the uh, alt-weekly. It's like the Chicago Reader, Village Voice, uh, Houston it's Press. It's pretty high like profile, that. though, you know, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, it's been – but he's been doing this since 1990. It's been like, you know, wow. over 20 years. So. Yeah. 
Um, it's quite prolific. And then uh, he's also written these three uh, graphic novels, Trashed, My Friend Dahmer, and his newest one is called Punk Rock and Trailer Parks. Mm-hmm. So uh, we'll, we'll find out about all that and find out uh, the inspiration that uh, Durf received to, uh, to write about Jeffrey Dahmer. Mm-hmm. Okay. I hope he talks a bit about Jeffrey Dahmer, but I feel, I feel like it might be a subject that he's like, well, you know, I read the book. Right. But he might get into it. We'll see. I, I do wonder, though, how close of friends they were. So we'll have to check it out. <laughs> well, I mean, if you've read those first 25 pages or whatever that's online, it seems like they were kind of close friends, but sort of also in a goofy way. You know, you know how you have those people that you like, but you're also kind of goofing on them? I, that's kind of what I felt, that he like kind of fucked with this dude on a regular basis. Maybe. I he was just one of those say. guys that you just could make fun of a lot. Right. Or get him to do crazy stuff. Because mm-hmm. in, the, in, the, in the comic... Right. I had friends like that, but they were actually my good friends, so I don't, it's hard to say. Yeah, so uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll find out about the nature of their relationship. Before we get to, uh, before we call Durf, though, how about a quick word from our sponsor, audible.com. This is actually a new promo that was sent in by one of our longtime listeners, Capretta. Oh, I was asking for one of these, so we can just, we can just cut it's to so the It's so much tape. easier yeah. than having to do a live read. Yeah. So Capretta, and more professional. Yeah, I haven't actually heard it yet. But I trust Capretta's judgment. Uh, as do I. Yeah. So uh, let, let's play this uh, audible.com promo from Capretta. I want to my asshole. What? I want to change my asshole. You do? <laughs> that was the sound of a man forcing his partner to perform ass to mouth. And this... This is a fantasy of yours, to, to fuck a little cute bear, huh? Yes. There he is. Isn't he hot? Oh, he's got a pretty big wiener, too. He's got a huge cock. <laughs> so, did you want to fuck Teddy? Mm-hmm. I want to take Teddy in the ass. Is a woman about to take a dildo Good. strapped to a teddy bear up the Teddy's ass? What do these two ass? things have in common, you ask? They're both audible. Which coincidentally is the sponsor for this week. Go to audiblepodcast.com slash diddle for your free 14-day trial. Teddy's fucking you in the ass. My recommendation for this week is in 50 years we'll all be chicks and other complaints from an angry middle-aged white guy by Adam Carolla, narrated by Adam Carolla, who coincidentally runs a more successful podcast than this one. Get it at audible.com. Yeah. Come on that bear's fucking face. Hello? Hey, Durf. It's uh, D. Simon and uh, Lance Wackerly calling you from Sick and Wrong. How's it going? How's it going, guys? Hey, pretty good. Thanks for being on our holiday show here tonight. Oh, is that what this is? This is, yeah, Sick and Wrong's annual holiday spectacular. What an honor. So it's, it's quite an honor to have you here as our, as our main guest. So, Durf, let me just start. Do you want us to call you Durf or um, that's fine. is that good? Okay, so we'll, we'll, we'll call you Durf. Um, for our audience's uh, benefit here, you're the author of a weekly strip that's that's been over been, been running for over 20 years. A city, um, and you also have uh, authored uh, three graphic novels so far. Yep, Trash, My Friend Dahmer, and Punk Rock and Trailer Parks, your newest one. Right. Um, but first, let me start off uh, asking about the uh, the city. I have a couple questions here. So I used to live in Chicago, and I remember I used to follow that uh, strip in the uh, the Chicago Reader. Right. And so I mean, you're you're in uh, the Reader, uh, the Village Voice. 
Yeah, yeah, all those papers like throughout the country. <laughs> so, so a little bit of history here. Um, when, when did when did you start getting into comics? Was it was the city your first professional strip? Uh, no, I actually started off like right out of college as a mainstream political cartoonist and got fired for, as the editor put it, uh, general tastelessness. <laughs> Who were you working for at the time? It was a uh, paper now defunct in South Florida, West Palm Beach, Florida. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you had moved from Ohio down to Florida? Right. right. Well, you follow the jobs, you know. Yeah, you get the job. So it was like a political cartoon that... Uh, that yeah, it was had... just your typical, you know, political horse crap. And uh, obviously I, I was sort of bucking trends <laughs> right off the get-go, and, and it got me sacked. And so, so then, uh, did you just start writing the city? No, that took a couple of years. I got another. I got another gig uh, then in Cleveland at the big daily here, doing like staff cartoons and stuff. And you know that was pretty boring too. So I did that for a couple of years, and I quit, and just sort of hung out and figured out what I wanted to do. And that's when I I started doing these weird little cartoons that I eventually collected into the city. So, were you always a big fan of uh, comics, like during your teenage years, formative years? Oh yeah, years? I was a total comic store. Yeah, yep. but, which is why the which is why the ladies ran. <laughs> <laughs> I had that same problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who who would you cite as an influence? I, I've read that people have compared your work uh, to uh, Robert Crumb. Yeah, I hear that a lot. I can't draw nearly as well as Crumb, but uh, I'm a huge fan. Um, a lot of the mad guys like Don Martin. Oh yeah, him. He was a huge influence. And then Ed Big Daddy Roth, who did like the Hot Rod uh, cartoons back in the early '60s. Oh yeah, all this psychotronic stuff. I, the weirder the better. Von Baudet, who did Cheech Wizard, which was in National Lampoon, he was a big influence. Stuff like that. It was all offbeat stuff. So, do you still read comics like uh, to this day? Uh, once in a while, you know, I'm, I'm more into making comics than I am into reading them. So, yeah, I can imagine if you're working on it all the time, you probably don't want to sit and actually. There's no time to do it, and it's too damn expensive, too. You know. <laughs> so one thing I don't know out here we don't have five ninety five for this comic book. I don't think so. <clears throat> we don't have. I don't. Are there still cool comic book stores in Cleveland? I've just noticed. You'd think in the Bay Area where we are in California, there yeah, would awesome. be a lot of good ones, but there just don't seem to be any. I go into them, and all they have are sort of DC and Marvel. Cleveland? Or in Bay Area? No, in the Bay Area, but I was asking if, if you have the same problem in Cleveland. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. The whole industry collapsed like 20 years ago, and all these comic stores went out of business. There are still some great ones in some cities, though. Chicago has some terrific ones. Yeah, Chicago has some great comic And DC and Baltimore and hmm. New York. I think the Bay Area has a couple good ones, actually. Isn't Comic Relief still out there? Uh, what, is that the one in Divisadero? I have no idea. I think yeah. that one's still around. Los Angeles has a couple ones. Oh, yeah, well, LA has some good ones. Yeah. So what was your inspiration for the city? I mean, were you just hanging out like at uh, bus stops in uh, yeah, Cleveland? Exactly. <laughs> well, you know, I was, living in, I was living in a big city, and it was, and, you know, Cleveland's got a bad rap, but it's a big city, and it's a pretty funky city, as you can Probably yeah, it's, I've heard it being de, be described as the armpit of America. Yeah, well, you know, that, that's an easy out. Yeah, I think Detroit's taking that We're title. happy that everybody thinks it stinks because, you know, they leave us alone. <laughs> and we can do what we want. I've, I've had a lot of fun in Cleveland, so. Yeah, well, you know, it's 
I can't say it's a great place to visit, but it, it's a pretty good place to live. And it's, it is. It's a very funky town. I mean, it's really just this amazing place with all these weird things going on and in unlikely places like underneath bridges or you know or <laughs> old trolley barns or something and you, you just don't know where it's going to be so did you just hang out and start drawing what you yeah, saw yeah i mean i was you know 28 doing the urban hipster thing and you know i thought well i could you know why don't i write about this stuff and so that's what i did just saw some dude with his man boobs out. <laughs> yeah, well, that came later. <laughs> well, that's that Midwestern gene pool popping up then. Yeah, I, I saw last time I was in Chicago, I saw some fine he boobies. Like Actually, the original thing for that, I, I, I originally inspired to do some he boobie scripts was when I was in Europe on a nude beach in Portugal. <laughs> so, because the rule always applies. The bigger the German, the smaller the thong bikini brief. And <laughs> <laughs> you probably get some inspiration over there. So, so uh, the city's been running for over twenty years. And um, how has it changed over time? Like, uh, do, you, do you still have as much political. fun? Yeah, it's become more political. Oh, okay. I can't do the generation stuff because I'm an old fart now. So you know, I mean, you do it for twenty years, you go from being young to being middle aged. So it's changed a lot. It's changed a lot, and the drawings changed a lot because they run the damn thing so small now. You know, the papers are just shrinking to the size of postage stamps. Yeah, I wonder. Uh, future of print publishing seems pretty bleak. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so you know, it's like I'm plugging away at it. I mean, I don't know how much longer I'll do it, but I still like what I'm doing. So did did you write the graphic novels while you, I mean obviously while you're still writing the uh, the weekly strip I mean how did you find the time to do that Well it's only a weekly strip man I mean I guess you have the rest of the week <laughs> like once a week It's a big gig you know you work a couple days and you get paid like 50 60 times for the same thing you know I mean it's the perfect gig as long as you can keep This actually it. sounds pretty cool hmm. Yeah so I did have some extra time <laughs> but so the graphic novels take a while. I mean, it usually takes me about two years to do a graphic novel. Well, two of your, your first two novels were autobiographical. So did you actually have to do that much research for those? Well, the first one, no, the first the first one was Trashed, which was a memoir of my career as a garbage man. Um, and that was just like telling stories that I told a million times. No, I didn't have to do any, any research on that. Um, if the Dahmer thing is the, the, the; those were only short stories. That wasn't a full graphic novel. It's now going to be a full graphic novel. Oh, so you are working on changing? Yeah, it to no, it's going to be put out by Abrams actually, which is a big time publisher in uh, two, spring two thousand and twelve. So that's going to be a two hundred page graphic novel. Wow, How much of it do you have drawn so far? Um, pardon me. Do you have it all drawn so far, or are you working I, on it still? All drawn, but uh, it's got to be. You know, there's all this pre press crap and. You know, it's just it just detail effort. So, did you feel that your career just? I mean, did did you get more attention for the Dahmer book than you did with uh, the city? I don't know. I mean, it's a different audience. You know, I mean, most of my work is is really, these really tasteless, raucous comedies, and then Dahmer obviously is not. It's this very grim, dark tragedy, really very straightforward. But I... it's a, you know, it's a pretty compelling tale. Yeah, no, it's 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 fascinating. I could be wrong, but I feel like I saw an early version, like like maybe the first chapter or something in zero zero. Yeah, like, 
yeah. a long time ago. Yeah, that was the first short story. That was yeah, that was like '96 maybe. So that was like a Fantagraphics collection that they'd put out. I don't even know if they do it anymore. Oh uh, no, they stopped that a long time ago. I really liked. That. I used to find like a lot of new artists that I didn't know right. before by reading it. Right. Well, it was really hard to get published first for some reason. You know, these comics publishers just don't want to give anybody. I mean, they'll you know publish any sort of crap that somebody they know pu- puts out, but someone new really hard to break in yeah it seems pretty clicky oh yeah yeah it seems <laughs> difficult to get into yeah so what was that the inspiration to write the my friend Dahmer was that after you know all the media circus and uh Dahmer being arrested and uh it, tried yep well obviously i mean it's taken me you know <laughs> almost 20 years to finally get it down <laughs> it's uh it's not you know it's not a, exactly a fun story to work on uh, I recognize that it's a really good story. I mean, I didn't write the, you know, it's not my story, and Dahmer wrote it, really, but, I mean, I... Well, it, what's fascinating to me, or I guess what I find intriguing about it, is that we have this conception of serial killers. You know, I mean, they're, they're fictional characters for us because we're so far removed from their, you know, horrendous crimes. Right. And Misty, so it's like, you know, for for us, so we just see it as a fictional character, but for you, you no. knew him, like, before... He committed these murders. So, what did it feel like to discover that one of your classmates? Oh, it was horrible. Was capable of this? It was. Yeah, it was. It was really. Uh, actually, the, the the way that came down was I was at home working, and my wife was is uh, worked for a newspaper. She's a reporter, and she called me at home. You know, the story had broken. It was this. The, it was a local guy He's from Ohio, so you know the newsroom explodes into action like it, just like in the movies. And she heard that heard that this guy from my high school had committed all these murders and she recognized that he graduated with me so she called me at home but in the excitement she forgot his name <laughs> like you know this guy you went to high school with that killed all these people in milwaukee Dahmer was actually my second guess <laughs> <laughs> i shouldn't mention your first guess or yeah it's a libel <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't john wayne gacy was it <laughs> no <laughs> After that, it really got weird because then, you know, there were TV crews beating on my door and yeah. I came home once and the, the answering machine was full of just, you know, Oprah, Geraldo, ABC News, the Weekly World News. It was just, it was surreal. It was really. I wonder how, how, I mean, how well did you know him? Like, were you guys like best buddies? Like, is that how they were able were, to track you down? I mean, he was a weird dude, but uh, yeah, we were friends, you know, I mean, he was, you'll find out in the book. Yeah. Um, he was kind of a mascot. He was just this weird guy that sort of hung around with this group of kids that I was friends with. And we sort of egged him on into strange behavior. And he was, he was, a fun, he was funny, you know. It was, he would fake epileptic fits, and, you know, it was weird <laughs> humor. As you can imagine, I had an odd sense of humor when I was a kid. But was he just a normal, awkward teenager? Oh, he was not normal. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> so there were signs? Well, I don't know. He was, uh, you know, he was thinking drunk at 7 in the morning. Is that a sign? Yeah, that means something. But what's strange about him, what I always found weird, is that, I mean, he came through such a such a normal background. I mean, his, wasn't his dad like a scientist or something? dad was a chemist. Actually, our backgrounds are almost identical. Our dads are both chemists. Um, our moms are both housewives. We were both, you know, middle class professional families we both had a younger brother i mean we lived in the same town even the houses we lived in were similar 
<laughs> so, so that's what leads me to wonder, like, what caused the transformation? Well, yeah, you know, I mean, this is all open for conjecture. I mean, I'm, I'm not a clinical psychologist, but his mom had some mental problems. Yeah. Um, she was she was in a mental ward a couple times. Well, I just, I mean, it, you just wonder, because are people really born evil? Like, was Hitler born evil? Well, you know? no, I don't think they are. And that's really the premise of the book. My premise is, which is fairly controversial, is that Dahmer was actually a tragic figure. Hmm. And people have trouble getting their heads around that, but only up until he kills. After that, you know, he, I mean, obviously he becomes a monster. How yeah. far? How far does does your book go beyond when you knew him, or does it oh, end when you guys parted ways? It ends right at the point that he kills his first victim. Okay. And how long was that after you'd lost touch with him? It it wasn't. It was oh. weeks after high school graduation. Wow. In fact, I was right down. I was hanging out at another friend's house. Um, the day that he was carving the body up. Wow. And that friend, we were like 200 yards away from the house. When did you find That's out about this? how close this? I was. <laughs> you found out about this, I mean, yeah, like how soon after did you find out about this? We didn't find I mean, you know, it was what, 13 years. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. So did you end up doing any interviews with like Geraldo or Oprah or anybody? No, no, I never did. No, I told, you know, I want to tell the story my own way, not someone else's way. So that's why it's taken me this long to put this book together. Well, I'm so, looking, I'm looking forward to the full yeah, graphic novel. <laughs> They've been nagging me for years. It was just, you know, it was just sitting down and doing it. And I had other stories I wanted to tell first, you know, uh, the punk rock trailer parks and the trash. And they both got, were really critically well received. And I loved working on this. And this one is more of kill. Yeah, a little bit darker. And I just wasn't ready to tell it. I mean, I, you know, for whatever reason. If I had been, I mean, if I had a brain in my head, I would have done it like two years, you know, a year after the crimes were committed, so it was a bestseller. But Yeah, but I think it, it's, it matures with age, and the story is still obviously... Well, yeah, people are fascinated yeah. with it for reasons I don't entirely understand, but um, they, the, the, he's an iconic figure. <laughs> Did you receive any negative feedback from the book? Very little. Oh. Once in a while, I will get uh, feedback from Dahmer, quote-unquote, fans. <laughs> there are some people out there that view this guy as some kind of anti-hero because, you know, they think he was picked on when he was a kid, and so he was seeking revenge against his tormentors. And, of course, there's huge holes in that argument. <laughs> First of all, he wasn't picked on that much. Secondly, I was picked on two, and I didn't go out and kill 17 people. So far as Thirdly, the people he killed were mostly black gay men, and that's that's hardly a group that's on top of the social heap, you know. Yeah, and he didn't he like pick them up at bars and yeah. bring them. Yeah, it's right. Yeah, I highly. I just well, don't see what him about as a what about like like people you actually knew back then? Do that? Does anybody give you grief that you know you shouldn't be exposing all this stuff? Or uh... no, no, because there are very few people who are really friends with them. And the guys that were friends with them, we actually had something we called the Dahmer Fan Club <laughs> in high school. I was the minister of propaganda. <clears throat> and we used this sort of device to to, to uh, goad him into doing various acts of weirdness. And it, I get into it in the book. But um, all the guys were very open. In fact, I talked to them all at length, putting this, researching this book. So... Um, no, I really haven't gotten any any crap from. Most people say, you know, well, I didn't know him. You know, I didn't really know anything about him. I never talked to him. I mean, that is invariably 
the answer that I get from people. So for the for the research that you've done, did you actually travel to Milwaukee? No. And, okay, so you've not part of the story. Yeah, that's... my story only goes from seventh grade when I first met him to right up to the when we graduated when um, I really stopped being friends with him. It's just it's just that period. So it's it's right up to the point where he plunged off the abyss. Huh. That's interesting. No blood. There's no violence. You know, very little. I'm definitely looking forward to reading that. And also, I mean, I think I find your book, uh, Punk Rock and Trailer Park, right. to be uh, quite fascinating, too. When did that one come out? That came out uh, 2009. And so th- so that's a, your, your most recent novel here. So right, that-, that is my most recent, yeah. That the- was in, it's, also, it's also in Best American Comics, uh, the latest edition by Houghton Mifflin. So that was nice. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm sure our fan base would love that one as well. Your your main character in that book is in a band who's part of the Akron Akron Ohio punk scene in the '80s. Right. And so this is since this is uh, you claim it's a work of fiction. Were you part of that scene? A little bit, little bit. I was. You know, I went off to college, so I went off to Ohio State, so I was like out of town for a lot of it. But um, I was definitely a fan. I mean, I was a first generation punk rocker, so. Um, I mean, there was a huge young, punk scene, you know, though, at the time in the 80s in Akron. Right. Oh, it was huge. Everybody's forgotten about it, but it was a scene that revolved mostly around Devo, and then Chrissy Hind of the Pretenders, and the Cramps. Yeah, the Cramps came from uh, yep. Akron. Oh, I never and, knew that. Uh, a host of other bands that no one's ever heard of. Didn't Paraubu come from uh, Akron? Paraubu came from Cleveland. Oh, Cleveland, okay. Dead Boys came from Akron. The Dead Boys, yeah, really? they came from Akron. This is all news to me. No, there was, there was a thriving punk scene in the 80s. Why, why do you think punk, I guess, uh, I mean, I, I, I always claim that punk originated with the Stooges in Detroit. Well, probably. Yeah, that's fair. But I mean, clo- I, clo- I, that means the same area, really. The same area, the Midwest. MC5. Yeah, and MC, yeah, MC5 and the Stooges. But why, why do you think it thrived in an area such as Akron or Detroit Cleveland. or Cleveland? Yeah, I mean, it, it basically popped up later, really. I mean, the Detroit scene was probably proto-punk. Yeah, that was like rock actually thrived up in Akron, Cleveland, and New York simultaneously in like '73 with Devo, the Ramones, Rocket from the Tombs in Cleveland, and the Ramones in New York. And they had no idea that the others existed. I mean, it was just like this organic thing that that started up for whatever reason. Wow! Out of the societal muck, and you know, that was it. So it's interesting. Your character was he—he—he's just, uh, just his band is part of that scene, and he's just kind of this nerdy dude that, right. that comes out of his shell to be. His name to, is Otto. He's—he's uh, he's a larger than life character who, through wit and uh, personality and sheer luck, becomes a rock star. And it sort of follows his adventures throughout one remarkable year when he has the, all these run-ins with uh, the Clash and the Ramones and. Klaus Nomi and the Plasmatic. Doesn't he have sex with Wendy O? No, he does not. It's <laughs> good for him. I don't know if he would have lived through that. <laughs> but uh, so, so what? Quick question here about punk, though, and, and what you feel about punk as, as an old, as a, as an original punk rocker. So, punk back then was a truly revolutionary movement yeah, in music. Do you feel that it's lost its resonance today? Like, can sure. someone still be punk rock with a Twitter yeah. account and a well, Green Day iPod? Punk. It's still fun, but it doesn't have the kind of generational or societal uh, power that it had when it first came out. And that's understandable. Nothing does. Nothing lasts forever. 
Yeah, I mean, I think it's just I don't I don't know if there like a true counterculture can exist anymore. Well, can, no, I don't think it can't last for that long. I mean, the whole definition. You know? No, yeah, there is no counterculture anymore. Counterculture is the mainstream, and it's absorbed so quickly. Yeah, it's the like, about the first punk movement is it was never absorbed. Absorbed, it was just rejected. I mean, it was difficult for bands to even get gigs. That's why they played in people's basements. That's right. Yeah, you know, at the time. Right. So. Well, it's interesting. I'm definitely. Uh, Definitely recommend that book uh, for people to check out. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I think it's a good read. So your current project here is uh, you're turning the your my friend Dahmer into a full graphic novel. Right. Um, have you ever been approached to make a film out of uh, out of any of your books? Uh, I was approached to do it with my friend Dahmer. Yeah, that's how this all started. Actually, it started as a screenplay. Huh. It went nowhere, of course, because these things never do. But um, the great thing about film and comics is they're so closely related you know and so really when i did the screenplay and they rejected it um and they of course this was all for free on top of it (laughs) um i thought well hell this will make a really great graphic i mean this is the graphic novel that you know i should have done in the first place so instead of just throwing it away that's what i did with it I mean, I gotta say, though, part of the reason I like your stuff so much is your your crazy style, and that it would be, it seems like it'd be a loss to see the story with, like, actual live-action actors. I mean, it seems like there'd be a big chunk of it missing. Well, you know. <laughs> Maybe there's more money well, involved. Did people, did people say the <laughs> same thing? I'll take the film option. <laughs> Maybe do, like, a, you know, a half-animated, half-live-action. Like action American or Splendor. Something. Yeah, Remember yeah. what they did with that? Oh, right, right. Right, yeah, sure. Yeah, <laughs> that's just my uh, unsolicited advice. But okay, well, that was a, that was a good film. Yeah, I thought uh, I've always uh, been a fan of Harvey Pekar. Yeah, God bless him. Yeah, well, Durf, uh, your website's uh, DurfCity.com, and people can buy your books right off the uh, website. Yeah, yeah, we'll uh, put just, a link on our website. Yeah, page, just oh. uh, click the store. I think it makes some great last-minute uh, Christmas gifts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. You buy the Dahmer comic book for Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) Hell of a a stocking stuffer. Hey, thanks for being on our show. It's been great talking to you. All right, guys. I'm looking forward to reading the Dahmer book. Thanks. All right, take care. Bye. Well, I'm looking forward to reading the full-length graphic novel for the Dahmer book spring 2012 it's still a ways away yeah it's gonna take I a little bit mentioned of time he's got it all drawn but there's a lot of bullshit he has I to can't wait that long dude that's forever you know I bet I guarantee mark my words they're gonna make a movie out of that I bet you're right yeah I bet you he'll be I mean if he already had it in a screenplay it's like I'm surprised someone has an option it already who's gonna play young Jeffrey Dahmer Shia LaBeouf <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that would be good. No, yeah. did they have the guy from the Hurt Locker play him in the Dahmer movie? Yeah, but he's too old now. Oh yeah, Jeremy Renner, Jeffrey they have Dahmer. They have a good looking dude because Jeffrey Dahmer is pretty good looking dude. Wasn't I think they should get the Twilight Vampire guy. You would have gone home with him, is that what you're saying? <laughs> I think I'm they not, should get Twilight I'm not Vampire a black, guy. A black gay What's guy. his name? <clears throat> Uh, Robert Pattinson. Pattinson, yeah. He's English. Either that act, Daniel Radcliffe. That kid looks <laughs> squirrely. That kid's squirrely. You look at him, you think that guy could be a serial killer. What about Ron Weasley? <laughs> <laughs> How do you know his name? wasn't Ginger, was he? He was blonde. Yeah, maybe. I guess he was maybe blonde, he could. Yeah. I don't know. You know, if you think about it, we scooped Oprah. 
It sounded like it. I Is wanted it? to I wanted to crow about it while he was on there, but I thought I would have sounded like an asshole. <laughs> but we did. We scooped Oprah and Geraldo. Oprah and Geraldo asked him for interviews, albeit it was 20 years ago. <laughs> he d- denied them, and just now he's deciding to go on the record with Sick and, and Wrong. With Sick and Wrong and talk about uh, Dahmer and his relationship with Dahmer, which he never did to... Um, Respected journalists. The next thing you know, we're going to have our own building in Chicago. It's going to be great. I think it's great that uh, that we scooped. I mean, that's uh, that makes me feel good, especially scooping Oprah. Nice scooping. Yeah. You you set that up, D. I just wanted to say, yeah, I thank you for the yeah. scoop. So Waggerly, now that you talked, is that guy one of your idols? Yeah, for sure. Like, what, did, I don't what, know. Idol is a weird word. I mean, like, I wish I did what he did instead of what I did. So you would rather be. Like a comic book artist as a serial comic comes out once a week instead yeah, of being an engineer. For sure. Instead of counting light bulbs in prison. Yeah. Instead of podcasting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> there aren't that many people, though. Remember, ass- you, did, did you hear when he said, like, you know, he works like two hours a week? That's what I want. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. It is pretty amazing. That, uh, yeah, he only works two hours a week and the rest of the week free. Well, he's working on his graphic novels. Two hours a week is to make the strip, so... I don't know. It's got to be tough, though. I mean, you th- you think it's the perfect job, but it's got to be tough to come up with. Uh, I think it's yeah. It's not the actual time that you put in. It's the time, the actual mental power that that you have to put in to actually come up with a good idea. And the ideas, idea. the concept, yeah. and yeah, everything. Do you think Jim Davis had uh, writer's block? Oh yeah. You think so? Sometimes he's just like... <laughs> Come on. You read some of those Garfield strips and they're just not up to the, the normal <laughs> level of quality. Yeah. People, he, people bag on Jim Davis, but he was huge in his time. He, no, that he that used to be a funny 80s. strip. Yeah. All right. And it's still on, guys. It's still going. Yeah. I wonder if... Uh, what do you think a, like an underground comic book artist like Durf thinks of like Jim Davis or Charles Schultz? Why don't we ask him? Our family circus. <laughs> oh, he's off the phone. <laughs> I, know, I, I think it'd be know, weird. That, you know, I don't, I don't know if I want to know the I'm answer to put, the question. I'm not going to put thoughts into anybody's I head. just don't know if I want to know the answer to that question. Could you imagine if like, the guy that wrote the Dahmer book's like, ah, oh, dude, I love the family circus. I still read it every day. Yeah. I mean, Charles Schultz is well-respected. You yeah, know, but that's because. But that's amazing because you walk into like a Hallmark store and you, all you see is fucking Snoopy Christmas cards. It's but that's not Charles Schultz. That's the marketing machine took over his characters. I mean, do yeah, kids yeah. today still know Snoopy other oh, yeah. than the Charlie For Brown sure. Christmas oh, special? Do they still play those? Yeah, yeah, they saw it. It's on every Great Christmas. Pumpkin. Yeah. Huh. I wonder if there's going to be a Jeffrey Dahmer Christmas special once the uh, book and the movie come out. Yeah, you have a little Jeffrey Dahmer like stuff animated. Animal. Yeah. Your bad sheets. That would be great. Bad sheets. Well, Pajamas, people go. Uh, you know, I wasn't joking about how uh, the Dahmer book can make a great Christmas gift. Go to derfcity.com, click on store, and uh, buy yourself a copy. Well, okay, you're it's the comic book. It's, it's not the, the comic the, book yeah. that's the sort of the precursor to the full graphic novel. That's Hell of a lot be... cheaper than the graphic novel. Well, yeah, it's a it's a teaser though. I would call it. All right, buy it as a teaser. <laughs> Tease your mom <laughs> or dad. Tease grandmother with a uh, Dahmer book. Yeah. That'd be good. Um, people, it's the uh, Sick and Wrong Holiday Show here, episode 258. Uh, we So before, I think it was last week, we just kind of came up with a spontaneous contest, which I don't think was very well thought out, uh, nor thoroughly promoted. Um, but yet we did get a couple people that wrote in with some uh, tragicomic Christmas stories. Is that one word you're making up? I combine these two words. Tragicomic. Tragicomic, yeah. <laughs> they're tragic, but yet they're... 
I get it. Comical. Yeah. Yeah, they're comical. You know, it's a tragic comic story. Mm-hmm. So it's like we, we wanted a story that was going to make us make us laugh and cry simultaneously. So we're asking people to call in uh, with their best Christmas stories. We got some really retarded Christmas stories that didn't even actually fit what we were looking for. So most of them, you know, actually we got like twenty calls from the same person. Yeah. <laughs> of the same story that he was too drunk to even tell. And he couldn't remember. He told, he'd already we, we told us. We almost need to make an outtakes of the holiday show. But anyway, we did get a few good calls. So let's just kind of play a few of them. And then at the end, uh, we can decide who's the best one. All right. So you got him queued up there, Wagger? Number one, yeah. All right. Gentlemen, Brad the Impaler. Uh, nice. Wishing you holiday cheer, etc. Um, I had something interesting happen today. Uh, every day I poop in the corporate public bathroom at my work. Boop. And um, in the stall next to me today was a gentleman who came in when I was already in the stall, not a, a separate stall. And he starts kind of moaning, <laughs> and a little bit of moan. Uh, uh, and after five minutes of that, because I'm playing little games on my uh, phone, I just... Do you do that now? Moan in the in the stall? No, play little games with your iPhone while you're shitting. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, do I, I do that all the time. Like I won't go to the shitter at work without my, without my iPhone. Yeah. No, I used to. It's actually of, healthy because you don't want to be rushing. It's bad for your butthole. Right. Yeah, you so get hemorrhoids, game, right? Yeah, the game makes you take your time. Uh, you know, I did, one more level, then I'll leave. Actually, well, I feel it's a good way to waste time at work. It's like you can go that for a good twenty yeah. minutes and play Boggle or Mr. Bill or Angry Birds. I was gonna say, well, yeah, what's your favorite game to play in the bathroom? I've been playing Angry Birds holiday season. Yeah, yeah. you are into the holidays. Well, holiday themed video. I've game. already played beat, beaten Angry the regular Angry Birds. Uh huh. So, uh, you and know. it's cool because that one comes, the Christmas one comes out one, it's like Advent calendar, it comes out one every day. I know, neat. it makes me angry, so I'm having angry poops. <laughs> it's giving you like, <laughs> you're going to get a Pavlovian response to Christmas. Yeah. You mean every time I play Angry Birds, I'm going to shit myself? Yeah, yeah pretty much. It could happen. Santa. It does make me angry, that game, though, and then I, 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 I get pissed and cut my shit short. Well, let's see what else Brad has to say here. He's probably playing Angry Birds, too. Probably. I decide this guy's holding back until he knows he's alone in the bathroom to unleash that fucking huge load of feces that got packed in his bowels. So I decide to, you know, clean up and get out of there. As I'm washing my hands, he's lightly moaning, and then he sneezes and unleashes a torrent of shit. It was an amazing sound. You hear, he didn't quite make it. That sneeze kind of unclenched, and he uh, lost the uh, liquid pile he was, he was obtaining. It was, it was something special. I might consider it a Christmas miracle uh, somehow. We, you could probably figure that out. All right, uh, gentlemen, I uh, hope that 2011 is super successful, <laughs> etc. Keep it sick, etc. Have a great one. Bye-bye. I, I wish I worked with Brad the Impaler. Was that movie phone or what? I mean, <laughs> he's got a great voice. <laughs> he does. I wish I were in a great sense of humor. I wish I worked with that guy. You know, it, that, I think that actually is a good... That, 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 that fits within our category, a tragic comic Christmas story. Tragic for the dude, comical for uh, Brad. Right, he wasn't a, the dude wasn't able to, to hold his shit for long enough that you, Brad didn't hear it and call into a podcast about it. <laughs> are you are you a polite shitter? Do you do that? Uh, to some extent, obviously. So yeah. if there's someone in the stall next to you, you won't just unleash, you'll hold no. it till they get... You've no, got to be kidding me. I won't. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, come on. Like, I'm not going to go and let it out and make all these gross noises and shit, but I'm going to, like, you know. You'll hold it and wait no, till he washes his hands it. and leave. I'm just going to kind of quieten it. Put, like, the old screw on the old silencer and shit. You do you know? do that, Wackerly? Yeah. Keep the governor on it. Yeah. you got to be kidding. When I'm, when I'm in there, seriously, it's like, they, they can't see me. It's anonymous. But you make fun. You make fun of everybody's bowel movements in the bathroom. I, it's symphony of destruction. Oh. I don't even care. I will be as loud as I want. They don't know who I am. 
I will wait till they leave before I get out, though. <laughs> really? I don't, I don't, I don't want so word. You to... have your own little things. Yeah, but I mean, while I'm in there, it's like they're going to hear my performance. Right, but uh, Sleazy and I are, are polite actually... enough that we don't have nothing to be embarrassed about right. when we come out of the yeah. stalls. We don't hide from people. And we're not actually perf- we, don't, we don't think of it as a performance. I don't know. I feel like if I'm well, there... Well, I, I do think, kind of think of like, you know, I do think of it as like a performance. <laughs> An individual performance? No, it's like Olympic diving, like the smallest splash. <laughs> yeah, <school>. exactly. <laughs> so I was like, did you hear how silent that was, man? Did like, you not hear how silent that, that into the water? I want to make the other shitter uncomfortable. I'm going to be like, okay, you think that's good? It's not a belly Listen ball. to this. Contest. Listen to this. <laughs> Dude, put your hand or a camera underneath the, uh, the stall. That'll make it more um, more. I'm Never shitting in the same bathroom <laughs> as this dough. guy, ever. Why, tap, tap, <laughs> tap your toe. Well, thank you, uh, Bradley and Paylor. Wish you a happy holiday. What's uh, call number two? Yeah, another, Is it another Christmas story? It's another Christmas shit story. What's the deal? Why, why do people feel the need to call us with their feces stories? Hey, guys. This is Dan's of Summers. Figured it's 7.30 in the a.m. and I'm drinking a tall boy of Pap's beer. Figured it's the perfect time to contribute. Well, about this time time of year about two years ago is this batman (laughs) it sounds like christian bale doesn't it he does a little bit two years ago i became batman (laughs) i'm drinking i fell down well a pbr in the bat cave (laughs) it's early in the morning i'm a polite shitter with michael (laughs) kane me two buddies and one of their girlfriends we're uh, hanging out in my shed, and we all uh, stop <laughs> the bat shed. <laughs> <laughs> Taking a bat shit. Seven, seven fifths of Jack, and it turned into Lord of the Flies. But that's a different story. But uh, my buddy's my buddy's girlfriend at the time, she was fucking crazy. She in and out of psych ward, so you know that bitch is down for anything. And fuck it. Uh, they went back home, and they were going at it, and he was sticking his finger in her ass, and she said at some point, she said, see how many you can fit in there? <laughs> and so he started going to town. You know, that was contrast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What a contrast. Katie Holmes. <laughs> you know, progressively getting up the four fingers in that ass. And eventually, fucking, he pulls out his hand, and it looks like he dipped his hand in a chocolate cake. Like a German chocolate fucking cake. And being the drunk man that this guy is, fucking just held his hand up not to get the shit anywhere and fucking, you know, went to town until he was fucking good and done. And when he was done, he rolled over and he told... Alright, I'm confused. So the guy put four fingers, he pretty much shook hands with her asshole, pulled it out, and there was shit with all over appendix. his... With her appendix. With her colon. Um, but uh, he pulled his hand out, was covered in shit, and then he went to town... He must have been really drunk. It's a lot of eggnog to do that. How, well, how far is town, though? I, I, I want to. De- he should define. Christian Bale needs to define. Did he, did he go to town on the back road or the front road to town? Is he talking about Commissioner Gordon? <laughs> <laughs> or Two Face? Or the Riddler? Mm-hmm. All right, let's see what happens here. Where do they get a load of me? <laughs> and he told me that the last thing that he remembered was him looking at his hand and telling his lady that he needs to go clean up. Well, he wakes up in the morning, you know, in that drunken stupor where you don't really know what's going on. Christmas morning. I'm fucking half awake, you know, one eye crusted shut. 
And he walks into the bathroom, and he looks in the mirror, and his eye is crusted, closed with shit. Crusted, dried shit, and it's all over his face, one side of his face, all still crusted to his fucking hands. It is Two-Face. Two-Face, Two-Face. <laughs> Killer Croc. Wow. And my only question was if he knows whether or not he licks his fingers while he go, when he's sleeping. <laughs> well, fucking happy zombie Jesus baby day. Take it easy, you sick fucks. Yeah. Thank you. Wow. Real zombie Jesus day is Easter. Yeah, yeah. this is uh, baby Jesus day Jesus here. Jesus zombie day. Well, you know, this is <clears throat> Jesus day. I, I kind of hope his friend doesn't lick his fingers during that kind of sex act. It's I even know. Well, I just you wonder, have it in your eye. I've always, you know, I'm. It's probably worse in your eye, actually. Probably than, yeah, than anywhere else. Well, I'm even a fan either. of finger in the butt, but not fingers. I don't stick like. But four, in your butt, though. <laughs> no, in a, in a girl's butt, I do that. You know, when you're when a girl's on top of you, I'll sometimes just stick a finger in there, and they like that. But four fingers, I don't know if they like it that much. Well, they don't complain Something. when I do it. <laughs> you need such slender fingers. That's why four fingers, though. That's I mean, would you kind of be like that's insane? I'm not gonna. I mean, obviously, if there is shit in she your ass, it's gonna it, be on my fingers. But is it any more? I guess you have, yeah. It's but I mean, if you have fingers, it's wider open. One, yeah, yeah, it's it's gonna be more. So maybe it was a Christmas miracle. Well, I don't know what the Christmas miracle is of that one. That's just a disgusting Christmas story. Jesus yeah, it's Christ. Bad. Well, we got a couple other ones that we're going to play here uh, just after this. So, Wankerly, um, and you don't have a girlfriend this year, so there's no oh, thanks. Christmas thanks gambit. <laughs> no, I'm saying a it's a good thing because there's no Christmas gambit. Yeah, the you Christmas know? gambit is nobody's buying me Christmas gifts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thanks. Well, I think it just goes to show you the Christmas gambit of not buying gifts to your girlfriend doesn't really pay off. <laughs> But I, I don't mean to make you feel bad, actually. Cause and effect, man. I don't want to make you feel bad because... Circumstantial evidence. I spent a lot of money on my girlfriend this year, I've which I wouldn't that. have had to spend if uh, I was single. Like you two guys, how much money did you spend on your girlfriends this year? Nothing. <laughs> As I said before, some drinks and cab ride. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I think, it comes, I think this is a, a, a you know, perennial issue for a lot of people. People, are, people find this perplexing. How much money do you spend on your girlfriend for Christmas? Yeah. Because like, you, you don't want to spend too much because right. now she's going to have higher expectations. Yeah, because it just gets worse every year and every year. You also it? don't want to spend too well, much do because... Do you spend the same amount so it's just even or do you disappoint or raise expectations? What's the what's I the feel strategy? this is what I've always... My personal rule is I know she... I, well, first of all, I, I know whatever gift she gets me, I'm going to be disappointed. When's the last time you ever got a gift from a girlfriend that you're like, oh you just my lost god, your this Christmas is amazing? Card. <laughs> yeah, you're you're just, disappointed with every gift. Yeah, I don't wow. care about That's getting harsh. gifts. I'm about I've been amazed giving before. Gifts. How often have you ever? What's your best Christmas gift you ever got from a girlfriend? I think I got. I can't remember what it was, but I, you know, I think a I got like a, a a PlayStation game one year that I was that you really quite wanted pleased with. Yeah, mm. I'm actually kind of surprised. Did I take your beer there, no. Susie? Oh right, my good. god! A Christmas <laughs> transgression <laughs> has been committed. <laughs> you fucking dead, but uh, you got a PlayStation. That's actually a pretty good gift from a girl. Which I'm surprised she would give that to you because that means you you'd know be spending time yeah. with, the, with the game rather than. Well, uh, yeah, and in fact, the greatest gift was here's a game. Now you know, play it for four hours on Christmas Day, and I won't bother you. That's an even better wow. gift. Yeah. yeah, how amazing is that? Yeah, I don't think I've ever. Usually, I get cologne, which I think basically means you smell like shit, and yeah. I'm going to make you smell better. Yeah, put this around your balls and asshole yeah. <laughs> liberally because it's horrible. Because that ball body odor that you have, that ball bo, it's right. disgusting. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I know. Brink. But I'm just saying, it's like typically girls get you shitty gifts, so I, I don't set my expectations that high. But I don't want to get them something that's going to disappoint them. I don't want to get them like one or two. You, girls expect like four gifts. Well, that's why it's better or three to, gifts. Yeah, but that's why it's better to like get your like the glue and the paper out and actually make something. You know, it means more. <laughs> right. <laughs> Dick in a box. Have you ever had a girlfriend that made you a gift? That's worse yeah. than the Christmas gambit. I, yeah, that is. I think that's worse than no gift. Because now you're like, now I got this piece of junk I got to keep in my house. Yeah. Every time you come around. I don't know. But did, I like did, some do-it-yourself gifts. <laughs> <laughs> I like do-it-yourself home porn videos. Yeah, I don't mind that. Exactly. No, that's kind of cool. But any like, kind of arts, crafts thing, I hate when girls do I that. I taught myself to put my hands behind my asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I guess legs is the word I was trying to look for, but who cares? But did you, did you read the uh, – there's an article recently on Gawker where some guy found this investment banker's girlfriend's wish list I think it's subway. funny that everybody assumes it's an investment banker and uses it as this excuse to go on the, a tirade against Wall Street and like, oh, they were bailed out. The no, guy buying was taking a ca- uh, train from Wall Street. From like <laughs> What? Like uptown. in New York, nobody ever takes a train through Wall Street? I thought, that, I thought the guy found Letterhead or something. Yeah, it, it seemed like an investment. It, yeah, the, no, it was no. Letterhead and it said, Are you I'm sure? a mo- I'm a merchant banker. Yeah. I didn't see that. I don't know. Whatever. The article. I liked his notes, though. It's obviously a dude with a lot of money. He has a lot of money. So I'm saying, if you want to, maybe fucking, he's a hedge fund analyst. Yeah. If you want to get, if you want to get irate against somebody or a class of people, let's just keep it to rich New Yorkers. But you don't have to go specifically. Okay. Why well, does it have to be New Yorkers? Rich, rich motherfuckers. He was a yuppie. He was on a train. He was a yuppie. <laughs> he was a yuppie coming from Manhattan. He might not have been a yuppie. He might have had old money. He was a wealthy git. Yes. This guy, but, but trust fund kid. Let's say trust fund kid. Yeah. You can get mad at them. Right. So, but this not, guy. Here's the thing, though. Not rich enough to have a personal assistant to just hand the fucking list to and be like, get my fucking trophy wife, mistress, girlfriend, all this shit. And I got to go do business. He had to do shopping himself. Yeah, yeah and, he had the little notes that he'd written down on yeah, each Yeah, and item. not rich enough to care about the price because he was pricing out a lot of those gifts. Well, you got to price it out if you're going to put it on your visa. But it was insane. I mean, he had this girl had like Cartier watches, How much uh, was a blanket for like $3,000. I think in total it was like 20 25, grand. 20 25 grand. Yeah, it was like 20 grand in total of gifts for Christmas. That's insane. Is it? It's insane. Even if I was puffed daddy, I don't think, think girlf- I'd get that much. You don't think that your girlfriend's worth that much money? Really? Come on, if I had really? a girl, I, I mean, if I had a girlfriend, I'd be spending. That yeah, much. hell, I mean, come I, on. How much did you spend this year? I thought you said you spent a lot. Yeah, no, I, I think I spent probably around maybe three fifty, three hundred, three hundred, three hundred. Oh, oh, jeez. Oh, I probably wow. spent three hundred bucks, which I don't get, think is that much. You're gonna get laid there. Are you gonna have a date for New Year's? <laughs> <laughs> Come to the dark side. Come doing, with us to the dark we're side. We're going to be bonging no, beers. I got her, I Don't go towards the light. I got her a cell phone and a couple other gifts. I think that's kind of nice. Not, not too much. Not 20 grand worth, though. No, but, you know, I mean, no. But I, I've, never, I've never spent, I mean, I, I feel like 300 is a lot to spend for Christmas. Like, do you go, do you go balls out for Christmas or birthdays? Birthdays. I think birthdays are more important. Because birthdays just their day. Now I'm kind of fucked because I set the standard for Christmas here. So yeah, five hundred bucks for birthday now. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. It's tough. Well, I think a lot of people probably are perplexed as to what to get their significant others. But I'm I'm sure other people are kind of like, you know, what do I get? What do I get? What do I get for my family members? (laughs) Yeah. Really? You know, people panic. I'm a, I'm a last minute shopper. I panic. Yeah, I, I never it's, go. It's, it's such a source of anxiety. You know, like I hate to... food shopping. I fucking hate I hate any shopping. kind of shopping. But when you have a time limit on it, and you don't know what you don't know what to get, it's 
That's because you're a miserly red coat. No. <laughs> it ain't the money. It's the fucking Lost time and effort that goes into it. But food, but uh, ironically, food is a good gift. Because, like, you know, they're going to eat it. It'll be gone. And then it's not going to be... What kind of food, though? Like yeah, a, but what do like you eat? A, a pizza? Like no, a like a pizza? gift basket. Oh. <laughs> Chocolates and wine or something. Dude, yeah, but that's no hand job for that. a gift basket. Yeah, what? No You're not going to even get a hand job with, for a gift basket. Oh, I thought we were talking about family members. Oh, oh, family yeah, members. No, that's a good gift. That's a damn good gift or you know i always think liquor i just give liquor yeah, because then they're gonna get drunk and friends. pass out and they won't annoy me yeah no i think that's good for family members. i yeah well, i would i I, uh, I ended with that for my dad this year because uh i got a bottle heart of, attack yeah no, <laughs> a bottle of bullet because i had i couldn't think of anything else no. I, th- no, I think you can't go wrong with bullet yeah. well you can't go wrong with these recommendations here that i have now just, just to be clear are these recommendations for relationship material or family or both both. Okay. I think this is really, I think this is for anybody. Maybe you should shy away from some of these gifts for a white elephant office exchange. But or your grandma. Yeah. Well, actually, your grandma might like. Uh, I'm intrigued. Let's the hear second it. gift. So the first uh, gift that I recommend, second wrong recommends here. Um, actually, Sleazy E sent me this. It's the Lady Gaga sex doll. It's called Lady Gag Gag. Mm-hmm. Rolls uh, off the tongue. It's from the makers of the Beyonce love doll, J Ho. And Lindsay Lohan fully loaded. Wait, is the is the Beyonce love doll called J Ho? No, no J Ho for J Lo. What's the Beyonce? Just the Beyonce love doll. And then the Lindsay Lohan fully loaded, which is kind of a funny play on words there. Uh, the inflatable Gaga. This uh, fil- filthy little pop art comes complete with three orifices for filling and features a side splitting tagline that's sure to resonate with fans. Everyone's going goo goo for gag gag. Really, it, all these inflatable sex dolls are the exact same thing with just a different paint job. Right? Yeah, but yeah, job, but yeah. yeah, but this one comes with a dick and balls out of vagina, right? Was she a maphrodite? I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. You know, I was kind of surprised that yeah. Sleazy sent me this. I thought you wanted that Justin Bieber doll. Yeah, well, it was it was a toss up. <laughs> literally, <laughs> it was literally you know, a toss up. I bet if you, <laughs> I bet if you made a Justin Bieber doll, though, I bet you'd be popular amongst the lesbians. It's called Pipe Dream Products. That's the uh, the manufacturer of the tantalizing lady gag gag. So I think people should get that. Mm, okay. uh, second gift on the list is the Obama Raider. It's a vibrator. You can simulate your package. Does it look like Obama? <laughs> yes. It is Obama. Yes. It's just a, a full Obama, like the Obama head. His whole body. In, your not in his suit with his red tie and everything. Yeah, yeah it's like a full yeah. Obama vibrator. Really? I think it's a good gift. I think it's a funny gift. People would see that and they'd be like, wow, you're funny. Uh-huh. Yeah. Looking, yeah, yeah. The what, Obamarater.com. Do all do all these suggestions on the list come from AdamandEve.com? <laughs> is this a promo section? We do a disclaimer that this is an advertisement. There's one that doesn't come from AdamandEve.com. <laughs> Just use Diddle when you purchase these gifts, people. Uh, third gift here, which I think Wackerly should uh, would probably get this for his girlfriend if he had one. The Wine Rack, Every Girl's Best Friend. It's turn an A cup into a double D's and sport your favorite beverage for yourself and your friends. It's better than a boob job. You basically just put a, you know, those like purse sports or bra. one of those things. It's like a... A, a bra? It's, it's a, a bra, sports but, bra, but it's, it's, got, like a little, it's got containers in it. It's got a container yeah. that holds wine or whiskey. Wow. Yeah. And there's a straw coming out of it. They'll come through her sleeve, and you can just sit there and so hang out with her. Smuggle into like, like sports turn, events, or you can turn your girlfriend into sort of a Great Dane, or what are the no Saint yeah. Bernard, Saint Bernard, Saint Bernard. Yeah. yeah, but with I mean, brandy, it's not a barrel on her neck. Yeah. She can sport the wine rack, 
and just kind of walk around. You take a bottle of wine, That's amazing. a mixed drink, or even a fifth of your favorite hard stuff. The movies, concerts, uh, ball games. What GTA about planes, meetings. though? You think that would get past the uh, backscatter? I think they would probably see, see that, that in mm. the scanner. It's my medical device. <laughs> but isn't that great? That Why you can't know, a man like, wear it? I suppose well, you, you had could man if boobs, you had yeah. man boobs, but I think you'd draw, it'd be conspicuous. Because no one's going to be like, wow, your girlfriend's tits look too big for her body. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just going to be like, wow, she's got huge tits, probably fake. But if you had big, huge tits like that, some dude would be like, look at the guy with the man boobs. <laughs> yeah. But what about when I'm sucking on my girlfriend's big, fake tits in the middle of a baseball game? <laughs> Everybody, <laughs> they put the cameras on you and they'd be, yeah! <laughs> You're like, tasty silicone, tasty. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> but I'll I think it'd be it. great though. You know how like uh, you get. Have you ever had to? You know, you've smuggled liquor into movie theaters. It's Many difficult. Times, yeah. yeah, it's like you got to shove a fifth in your pants. It's, right. I don't even know if you really need to manage. Do you think it matters? They care that much at the movie. They theater? do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Some so some they kick do. you some out do. for it. Yeah, yeah, they do. Some of them. Yeah. I don't know. So maybe this. Especially is if you start <clears> getting <throat> drunk and belligerent, then they <laughs> kick you out and throwing balls at the yeah. screen. Well, one movie you want to get really drunk for here is. Tron. So go to Tron and make your girlfriend wear the wine rack. It's a polyurethane bladder bag, and it holds 25 ounces of your favorite beverage. And there's a drinking each, tube that's long one? enough to uh, route, or route as you wish. Oh. And there's a valve that shuts it on and off. So I, I, think that's, I, I think that's the best gift so far. Now, you give it to your girlfriend, and then her wearing it to one of these events is her gift to you? Is that true? Yeah, I guess it's double gift. Double yeah. Kind of, yeah. but I mean, you get it for her, and you'd be like, yeah, listen, baby, I got this for you. You got to wear it. Right. It no. just seems like it's not really that It's more of a gift for, for you than it is for her, but you'll she give it to She can have a sip off the, uh, <laughs> <It makes laughs> the, the bullet bigger. bourbon. Yeah, yeah. She's walking into the event, yeah. walking out. She looks maybe one maybe of them be is a bit sagging. One of them's a bit but all their titties are uneven anyway. She looked like Holland coming out, yeah. Um, I recommend the Hello Kitty bong. It's 15 inches tall, and it actually is. And the base is Hello Kitty. Just with the giant tube coming out of her head. Yeah. $100. Hmm. It's a little expensive. But, yeah. Uh, How much I don't is- know. Look, it's, it's a pink bong. I think it'd be a funny gift for Although that's kind of like friends. that's kind of like the video game gift, though. I mean, if you can just get your girlfriend really high, she won't know what's going on. You can play video games all morning. Yeah, but don't you think it'd be kind of funny because it's sort of like you emasculate your buddy by getting him that? Like, who's your Hello Kitty bong? Faggot. I'm not going to buy my, <laughs> I mean, I'm not gonna buy my, my guy friend a $100 Christmas gift. I know. <laughs> I'm a joke gift. Uh, how about this? So Ron Jeremy Rolling Papers. Ooh. It's a paper that will handle any load. <laughs> and uh, yeah, two bucks a pack. You can afford that. Yeah, that's Why good. Do they have Ron Jeremy's face or his cock on them? It's just his face. That would be awesome if it was his cock, because then he'd be like puffing on his, you know? Yeah, for you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, How about this? I think it's a good gift for Grandma. Vaginal steam bath. They're becoming popular these days. Yeah, the vaginal steam baths are originating in Korea, and uh, in Southern California, they're co-opting these. I guess pungent steam rises from a boiling pot of mugwort tea blended with wormwood, isn't that what they put in absinthe? Yeah. I believe so. So wait, they're, a mugwort, they're, isn't that from uh, Harry Potter? They're douching with absinthe these days <laughs> to muggle, clean out their vagina. So that doesn't sound like a bad idea. Above couldn't, couldn't your brother <clears throat> set up this type of operation with his toilet seat chair? That's what I thought of when I um, read this article. I think Jeff just put a bottle of absinthe up his asshole. <laughs> You never know sneeze. what you can find up there. Yeah. <laughs> Billy Idol's rings. Yeah. Um, so above it sits a nude woman on the open-seated stool, 
And uh, yeah, and she just lets Toilet the boiling chair, pot of mugwort tea and wormwood just go right up her vagina. Wow. I guess it's called Chayak, and it's re- supposed to reduce stress, fight infections, clear hemorrhoids, regulate menstrual cycles, and aid in fertility. Mm. Yeah, many women That's... steam regularly. Do you think How much you... of this is run, run for? Uh, $75. Well, that's not too bad. 30 minutes. And, oh, uh, um, that's just to go once. But oh, you can yeah. buy a do-it-yourself yeah. vaginal spa kit for $330. Oh. I'm not doing that. No. That's Do you think thing. your girlfriend or your mother or your grandmother would be offended if you if you gave that to them? They, they, they think they had a stinky twat or something? I think it's a double standard, though, because they'll give us cologne. And yeah. It's like, yeah. so what? We're not allowed to give you a vaginal cleanser? Yeah, no well, douche. A douche. Or a vaginal cleansing kit? The kit might be offensive. I, I think anytime you attach spa to the name of something, yeah, you know, right. the girls would go for it. Yeah, I think it's better than Hello Kitty Bong. It could have been like, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, like at like ass wiping, you know, remedial instruction spa. <laughs> I'm not saying your ass is nasty, but. Or that you don't wipe well enough, but you should go to this spa and figure that shit out. <laughs> I, I think it might help you, okay? Yeah. That's all I'm saying. It's a spa, though, so you'll, you'll get a robe. It'll I be think, cool. I think if you really loved your girlfriend, you'd get her a gift that no one else would be able to give her. A 605-page Quran written in Saddam Hussein's blood. Oh, oh I think shit. that's the number one. That's got to be expensive. Yeah, I don't know. I think that's got to break the twenty thousand dollar mark. I don't, yeah, I wonder how much that is because no one knows what to do with it. So this is going up for auction. No, no one knows what to do with it. There's a copy of the Quran written with twenty four to twenty seven between twenty four and twenty seven liters of blood drawn from Saddam Hussein. It's on the wall. It's all written in calligraphy. Oh, it's and on the wall. Yeah. So before he died, pages. Then. No, yeah, over the years of uh, wow. his life, and it's the entire six hundred five pages of the Quran. Written in Saddam Hussein's blood, and now no one knows what to do with it because Saddam's dead, and his party, the 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 Baath party, is outlawed. So, what are they going to do with this 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 thing? And I think give it to your girlfriend it in a museum. Do think how confused your girlfriend would be by that? Just be like, "Baby, yeah. I love you." How do you do <laughs> spend half a million dollars in like a bunch of trucks? What is it made of? Is it is it is it parchment? And it's just I his thought you blood. said it was written on the wall. No, no, it's like. Papers in the picture, at least it looked like uh, just the papers frame pictures yeah. or whatever. In the, no, behind a glass case, just like encased in the wall. Wow, I never heard. I of think you should do it. I think that's yeah. the number one gift that, that I recommend. It is pretty good. Well, yeah. that and maybe a sick and wrong T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but how would you burn that Quran? Ooh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> you could stuff it down the toilet. Yeah, you might piece. be able to do that. Speaking of gifts, I, now I took his Quran. I got I both the Ewing grades a gift here. Oh, really? Yeah. What? I got you guys some gifts. Here's some uh, my my holiday cheer. Oh, are we still that one's for it Wacker. And uh, this one is for Sleazy. No way. Yeah. Sweet. I'm glad I came tonight. <laughs> how, how do you like your gift there, Wacker? I oh, put a lot of thought sticks. into that. Naked, naked lady. Ladies. Sizzle sticks. I wish I had had this. To mix up my eggnog that you pu- that you poured, which was like separated. You know, we actually could. Lands. It's one of those occasions you could use a sizzle stick. I do. You know I got guys. I got a whole thing of English candies, dude. I wanted to so make you. I wanted awesome. to make you feel, make at, me home. feel at home. Oh, really? And you know what? What's what? One of the candy bars is a Milky Bar. <laughs> the Milky Bar kid. And there he is. And that one's for you. Then. <laughs> are you saying? Are you implying that Wacker like is a Milky, Milky Bar, Bar kid? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> you look like the Milky Bar kid. Eat me. <laughs> yeah. Enjoy your gifts, there. 
Uh, those are, aren't those some nice sizzle sticks? It's like naked ladies on a pole, like at a I'm strip more club. In the Milky Bar, keto. <laughs> <laughs> it's got like English, like what's in here? Wait, Smarties, fruit pastilles, kick what? Fruit Kit Kat. That's not an English. Yeah, yeah. Is it? Well, yeah originally, originally, I think. Yeah. You guys stole that from us. Arrow Smarties, not your not your gross American Smarties, like the real Smarties. And a toffee crisp, man. That's wow. toffee Thanks, crisp. Man. Well, happy uh, Christmas and uh, Junica. Uh, Holidays. Yeah, no, you dude. fucking ingrates. Didn't give me anything hoes. except your sass, your back sass. <laughs> I got you something. It's a hot commodity. People, um, you know, I've, I was kind of surprised. Did we get any gifts? When's the last time you went and checked the P.O. Box, Waggerly? Well, a while ago. <laughs> okay, so we might have a big pile. I'm, I'm in my mind. I have this like this this. Conception of this is pile of gifts. Yeah, well, it's not Christmas that, Day yet, so Santa still has a couple of days to go. So may, maybe we do have a pile. I bet you it's just like... We don't have to report on the gifts next week. Yeah, I bet you it's just like a, a 40, a half-drink 40 wrapped in tinfoil. Probably. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully it's a four loco. With a Christmas card. That'd Some be nice. pickled fish. Yeah, that's actually nice. spilled all over all the other contents. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got a few more phone calls of uh, tragic comic Christmas stories that were sent into two zero six 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 three eight four six, and that concludes part one of Sick and Wrong's annual holiday show spectacular. Uh, we'll be back next week with the second installment of the holiday show. You'll get to hear Lance Wackerly read a Christmas carol. Uh, you also find out who won the Sick and Wrong Holiday Vibrator Competition. So we'll be back next week with part two. Until then, have a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and take it sleazy. the